with the clerk, please take attendance. Chair Hall. Here. Representative Riley. Here. Weber. Here. Mike Johnson. Here. Lefayette. Here. Schroeder. D.A. Johnson. Here. Camilleri. Here. Legrand. Here. Mr. Trey, do you have a quorum? All right. Thank you. Um, Vice Chair Riley makes a motion to adopt the minutes from the September 10th, 2020 committee. Without objection, the minutes are adopted. Vice Chair Riley makes a motion to adopt the minutes from the November 7th, 2020 committee. Without objection, the minutes are adopted. Uh, Vice Chair Riley makes a motion to adopt the minutes from the November 19th, 2020 committee. Without objection, the minutes are adopted. Uh, we haven't adopted our minutes for a while, guys. So, um, all right. Uh, I don't think we have any absent members, do we? One. One? Okay. So I'll make a motion uh, right now to excuse absent members. Without objection, the absent members will be excused from today's meeting. All right. That's all. That we got that out of the way. So I'm uh, Matt Hall. I'm chairman of the House Oversight Committee here in Michigan. Uh, we've been tasked by Speaker Chatfield. Uh, to look into elections here in Michigan. Uh, some of this we did before the election, actually, with an audit uh, from the Auditor General about um, absentee, uh, about our elections, about um, people on the voter rolls who weren't supposed to be there, and a process on how to remove them. And we've been working through that. We've been working through uh, this audit that found that there were people who weren't trained uh, that we're administering elections, and we've worked together in a bipartisan way to remove, to, to pass laws, to uh, publicize that they need to post, we're going to publicize the people who don't do uh, their training, because I think they need training. And we had the Antrim County clerk in, and uh, it's clear she needs a lot of training, trust me. So we got that going. Uh, so we worked together there. We brought in clerks from different counties across Michigan to hear from them about how we can improve our election processes in our state. Uh, you probably know our last election was the first time uh, in a general election that we had Proposal 3. And Proposal 3 uh, led to widespread absentee voting in our state. And that is something we need to evaluate. That's very much within the role of an oversight committee is to look at how these laws are working. Uh, so we've done that. We've listened to Republican and Democrat, Democrat clerks to hear their ideas on how we can improve our laws moving forward. Uh, we've issued subpoenas to our Secretary of State. Uh, you probably know that um, you know millions and millions of uh, these mailings went out to people uh, uh, you know, unsolicited absentee ballot applications. And I got calls and emails from people who say that uh, this person died. This person moved out of state 10 years ago, but yet they got these applications. And so we took a pretty much unprecedented step to issue subpoenas in order to get to the bottom of how this list was created. Uh, why, uh, why, you know, why did they send this? Uh, so we can look at that and we can improve moving forward. So uh, that's been a, a lot of the role of this committee. Um, you know, citizens have serious concerns about the election in Michigan. They've expressed that concern to myself and other legislators. We've received thousands of phone calls and emails. Elections must be trustworthy and accurate. That includes access and transparency for observers, correct tabulations, and proper checks to ensure votes are legally cast. 
Uh, citizens become frustrated and demand answers when a large number of precinct tabulations don't reconcile, reconcile or when election observers from one party feel they were treated unfairly or when an independent audit is not performed. Elections are the cornerstone of our system of government, and we have a responsibility as legislators to ensure trust in voting results. Uh, Mr. Giuliani will be coming before our committee today. He's expressed concerns with how Michigan conducted its elections, and he's President Trump's personal attorney. This hearing allows the people of Michigan to go straight to Mr. Giuliani to evaluate evidence presented by him and get answers that, that we're seeking. Uh, we'll also be able to talk to people who have firsthand experience uh, with alleged voter fraud in our state, and we want to hear their stories. We want uh, people to listen to those and an opportunity to ask questions uh, and to learn more about those things. And then ultimately we can make a decision about whether it's true fraud or not. Uh, but we have to have these discussions. Uh, when certifying the election results, Michigan's Board of Canvassers is made up of two Democrats and two Republicans. They unanimously asked this legislature to look into issues that have arisen from this election and to hear public testimony. The Board of Canvassers in a bipartisan vote earlier requested the Secretary of State demand processes are better followed in Detroit. We are fulfilling the board's request by holding this hearing and we will request the Secretary of State improve election processes when problems are found. So uh, I hope today's hearing will be constructive as we examine our state's election system and work to reestablish trust. I feel strongly that our democracy depends on discussions like the one we're about to have today. With that, uh, I'd like to welcome up uh, Mr. Giuliani and uh, Jenna Ellis, uh, the attorneys for President Trump. Yeah, wherever, uh, that's right, there's one there and I think there's a, wherever you wanna sit. There's Mr. Chairman, miles. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Yes. Chairman, yes, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Hold on, do you have a point of order? Yes, I do, Mr. What's Chairman. What's your point of order? Uh, I would like to ask Mr. Giuliani to please stand and You're raise your right hand not a point of to order. please be sworn before this committee. Mr. Chairman, please stop. Mr. That Chairman, it's out, out of order. Mr. Chairman, it is. You have a point of order. Yes, I do, Mr. Chairman. What's your point of order? My, uh, under the law, I have the right before this committee as a representative to swear any witness before this committee okay. to uphold the law. That is my right. Allow that. It's my right as a representative. Allow that. Let's well, continue. I, well, then, uh, Mr. Chair, I, I, I appeal the rule of the chair, and I'd like to ask the committee to please take a vote on this ruling because it is my right as a representative to make sure that anybody before this committee is truthful, and we have the right as members to swear anybody. All right, then let's call the roll. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Hmm? Point of order, Mr. Chairman. A motion to swear a witness in requires a vote of this committee. No, it does not. All right, we're going yeah. right, to go at ease. Mm. Okay. Let's just do it. You ready? We'll, we'll take it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And then you can make a motion to vote. Okay. And can I speak to it? Uh, and what order? So the first, this is just the motion. Good. Okay. All right. 
All right, uh, and then, all right, so you call the roll on the motion, which is to appeal the ruling of the chair. And the motion to appeal the ruling of the chair, Chair Hall? No. Representative Riley? No. Weber? No. S. Johnson? No. LaFave? No. Schroeder? C.A. Johnson? Yes. Camilleri? Yes. Legrand? Yes. Mr. Chair, you have three yeas, five nays, no pass. With that, the ruling of the chair stands. All right, so with that, uh, Mr. Giuliani, please proceed with your testimony. And, uh, and Jenna Ellis as well, uh, we want to hear you. And then uh, we'll call up witnesses after that. Thank you. Mr. Chairman and members of the committee, it's my understanding that I'm here in my capacity as an attorney, not as, as a witness. Uh, if you want to question me as a witness, that's a different matter. But also, I'm the attorney for the president. Uh, ethically, I don't know what that would mean if you turned me into a witness. Yeah, we're, you're here to testify. No one, I mean, no one's under oath. We're just, this is like any, any committee hearing, uh, sir, where we're just taking testimony from members of the public uh, to talk about what happened here in the election. Just my understanding from appearing before Congress many times is when I appear in the role as a lawyer, I'm not under oath. When I appear as a witness, I am under oath. Yeah, and sir, when I appear as the attorney for someone and it's a case involving then it would be unethical for me to be a witness. But yeah, and, and sir, here in Michigan, we don't administer oaths to people who testify. It's almost unprecedented okay. uh, in this right. legislature. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. It is so, our right to be clear, though, to do so. You're out of order. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to be very brief because I have uh, a number of witnesses and the whole purpose of asking for this hearing it's because for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, all we've heard is that there are unsubstantiated allegations of fraud. For what began as unfounded allegations of fraud, then it became unsubstantiated allegations of fraud, then it became allegations of fraud, but not big enough to overturn an election, and then it became allegations of fraud that really couldn't be completely investigated between now and the election, but are going to require a substantial investigation after the inauguration. So it's changed a great deal, but in that period of time, no one's bothered to look at the evidence. No one's bothered to listen to the witnesses. Uh, I'm not a witness. I didn't witness any of this. Everything I'm presenting to you, I'm presenting you as a lawyer. These are the words of other people. And in your case, in the state of Michigan, people who are citizens of your state, who observed fraud, and I must say, observed fraud on what I would consider, I would also consider myself an expert on prosecuting fraud. I would consider a massive amount of evidence. What I'm holding in my hand are affidavits. These are sworn under oath. They have the power of evidence because they're sworn under oath. These are, these are the things on which you bring indictments uh, and they allege massive cheating, particularly on the part of the Democrat Party of Detroit, to the extent of easily five, six, seven hundred thousand illegal votes calculated many different ways. Second part of the case is an analysis of a the voting machine that you used in much of the state, I believe much of the state, not all, Dominion which uh, broke down in Antrim County, that alerted people to take a look at it. And lo and behold, it became a tremendous surprise to the people of America. 
Did you want this closer? I'm sorry. It was a very big surprise to me that our votes are sent out of the United States. It's also a big surprise to me that our votes are counted by a foreign company. And it's even a bigger surprise to me that if you do the slightest bit of due diligence, you will find out that this company has been in trouble many, many times, was just disqualified in the state of Texas, under another name was thrown out of Chicago, in its infancy had ties with Hugo Chavez, Venezuela, conducted fraudulent elections in two South American countries, and have been disqualified in several other countries and states. It appears as if whoever your elections officials are selected this without the slightest bit of even Googling the company, where if you did, you would find out that it's considered to be the most insecure uh, voting machine uh, available to us and has resulted in enormous, enormously terrible problems. I, I'd like to put into the record a letter written by my congresswoman many years ago, Carolyn Maloney, who pointed out all of the problems with this company, Dominion. I'd also put in the record letters from Elizabeth Warren and somebody else that I can't remember right now, <laughs> but another United States Senator. Uh, I have no idea what you were doing with this company. And one of the things I would suggest is you, you take a good look at just how you came about uh, taking on a company that has this terrible record. We've had occasion to examine now the machine that faltered. We have preliminary data on how it can be invaded. Uh, we would need to examine the rest of the machines. And if we did, we could probably tell you to some degree of certainty exactly how many votes were changed, the formula by which they were changed, and if they were directed overseas, because there are some indications that the vote was being sent to Frankfurt, Germany, or to Barcelona, to a company called CITL. That's a brief overview, but I think I would rather start because this woman, I would just ask the indulgence of the committee. Uh, Ms. Jacob is a very, very fine woman. She's never testified before. She is ex exceedingly concerned uh, for many reasons. And um, if everybody could just be courteous in questioning her, I would really appreciate it. All right, thank you. So um, I'd like to call Jesse Jacob. All right, Mr. Mayor. Um, and just to be clear, I didn't say this before. Uh, the way we're gonna run this format, my goal is to be done by nine. Uh, that's about three hours. We might, we might go a few minutes over since I came in late. Um, that's the goal. Uh, we're gonna allow each witness to come up and at that point, we'll allow members of the committee to ask a question. The question has to be germane to the topic. This is about the Michigan elections, okay? I'll allow one question per member, no follow-ups, one question, okay? That's how we're gonna do it for each, um, for each witness. And, that, and you know, that's because of the shenanigans. I was gonna allow a little leeway, but I'm not now. All right, we're gonna do one question per witness. We're gonna go through each one. Uh, I call them witnesses, but people who are testifying here. And then lastly, at the end, Mr. Giuliani will take those questions. That's how we're going to do it. Uh, so I understand Jesse Jacobs is first. Could I have, could I have uh, Jenna say a word or two? Yes, of course. Why don't you go ahead? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And uh, thank you to the committee. And I appreciate your 
uh, calling this session, Mr. Chairman, and that we have members that are both Democrats and Republicans here. Uh, but you're all here in your capacity as legislators. And this is not a political question, this is a legal one. When you have uh, what you will see before you as substantial evidence of fraud and corruption in an election, it's your obligation under the United States Constitution to not allow the corruption to continue. And under Article 2, Section 1.2, the state legislators are the entity that our founders specifically vested with the authority to ensure against a corrupt popular vote. So at the end of the evidence and the testimony that we present today, we are going to be asking you to take action on this. You've already heard from a number of uh, witnesses and, uh, and other, other people and evidence uh, over the past day and a half. Uh, I would ask you all to put aside your party affiliation and look openly and honestly at these witnesses and this evidence, because here we're all Americans. And our founder specifically provided uh, this tool, the state legislature, to be able to combat corruption or foreign influence when that happens in an election. We sit before you today on behalf of the President of the United States, but as he said today in a speech from the White House, it's his sworn duty and obligation to make sure that election integrity and free and fair elections are preserved in this country. And we will be asking you after taking a look at the testimony presented today to take that oath that you have made as state legislators very, very seriously. The law is on your side because the US Constitution is on your side. And we would be happy to answer any questions about that at the end of this proceeding. But thank you very much for your time and attention today. Thank you. And I, there will be questions about that, I assure you. Um, are we ready uh, for for Ms. Jacobs? Mm -hmm. All right, please, Ms. Jacobs, when you're ready, uh, come forward. Welcome to the House Oversight Committee. And uh, you just, when you sit down, you uh, you push the red button there. That'll turn on the microphone and uh, and you can speak. And just to be clear, um, we're you know you speak. We're not when you're done. Uh, we'll allow one question per member, but we're not we're not going to interrupt you. So. I just want everyone to be cognizant of the fact our goal is to be done, you know, a little after nine. So welcome and thank you for coming here today to tell your story. Uh, with Ms. Jacob is her husband. Your full name is? Uh, Sunny Jacob. Sunny Jacob. And your full name is? Jesse Jacob. And Jesse, okay. are you, you're a resident of um, Detroit? Yes, I am. And you were born in India, is that correct? Yes, I am. You came to the U.S. in 1985? That's true. And you and your husband became United States citizens? Yes, in 1995. And how many children do you have, Jesse? Three children. How old are they? The older one is 36, and the second one is 32, and the third one is 24. And what do they do? The older one, she said, she's my oldest daughter. She's practicing in the emergency medicine physician in at Washington DC since uh, 2014 yes and, and my, my son your son he's uh, he's doing his fellowship in child and adolescent psychiatry uh, at uh, Dallas Southwestern 
um, University Medical Center. And your youngest daughter? She's a third-year med school student at Wayne State. Congratulations. So let's get right to it. On September, you've been an employee of the city of Detroit for many, many years. Is that correct? That is true. How, how, approximately how long? Since 1986, August. And uh, you, uh, you, you have the title of head engineer? Yeah, that's my current title. And uh, on September 8th, you were assigned to election duties, were you not? That is true. And you were assigned to the third floor of the election department? The fourth floor, the fourth floor fourth of floor. the okay. election department at West Grand Boulevard location. And what, what were you told you were, you were supposed to do? The first day, basically, we were all, um, it's about, uh, I, let me see how many people, about 40 to 60 people on that floor. We were, first time, first day, were, you know, giving all kinds of instructions, how this training is going to be. And uh, then in the afternoon, we started opening the mails that, that was received to the headquarters. That is the mail for uh, application for absentee ballot request. So basically, that's what we were doing the, the whole week, first week, starting from September 8th. Uh, the, I started at 9 AM. It was 9 to 4 PM. So the entire group was working from 9 to 4, opening the mails, sorting out the mails. And uh, we were asked to uh, sort out, according to the counting board, 134 counting boards. So there are 134 counting uh, boxes set up. So you know you can sort out the the the, the applications that you you have you have uh, opened. Did there come a time, Ms. Jacob, uh, in about the third week of September? when you were asked to change date? So about, uh, the, uh, I, I think around September 20th or 22nd, yeah, I would say 22nd, third week of September, we were, um, we were kind of started packing, you know, making the pack, ballot packages to be sent to different citizens. And uh, what we do is we will do for different counting boards 50, 50 pack, you know, 50 application will be there. So we, you, you will be making packages of 50 ballots. And uh, on the floor, um, they will let you know what they need to be um, put on that package, the mailing date for that ballot. So I notice um, time to time, basically every day, um, whenever you, prepare that package, the ballot package is always either three days back date, three days, you know, not, not the same day, always days before that date. So starting on the 20th of September. 22nd. 22nd? Yes. 22nd of September. Yes. For some days thereafter. Yes. Each day you were given a different date. Yes. In order to backdate. Yeah. Yes. The application. Is that yes. Right? Yes. And it was a different date each day? Sometimes you use the same date. You know, maybe consecutive days, maybe you will use the same date, but uh, it was different. But it was never the, it was never the correct date. It never be the same day, the day you are preparing the package. In other words, it was a false statement. Yes, it was, it was a date 
prior to that date that you are preparing the, the who, to, who told you to do that whoever was the supervisor on the floor that day was it one supervisor or more than one supervisor who told you to backdate it every day There were more than one supervisor, not just one, uh, more than one. So I I would say one to three supervisors. And how long how how long did you have that position? Until oh. you, you you left that position after a short while. Yes. Can you tell us how long you held that position? Yeah, I worked at the fourth floor of the election department till uh, October 2nd, that's a Friday. Um, September 30th, I was sent for training for the QVF trainings. Uh, September 30th and October 1st, I was at training. Then October 2nd was my last day working at the election headquarters. And uh, on, from October 5th onwards, I was asked to work as a processor at one of the satellite sites out of 23 satellite sites. First, I was up, uh, sent to Cromwell Recreation Center at Lasher and Six Mile. Uh, then I was asked to go to Comanier Recreation Center at Bradbride Drive near downtown from October 12th. Um, well, up, up at, now, up until the time you left. Yes. Were other, were, how many co-workers did you have when you were backdating the documents. You mean at the election headquarters? Yes, at, at the original place that you worked. Okay. They after I think about around September 15th or so, they started the second shift. Until then, it was only from nine to four one shift. Then they started another shift from five to eleven, so two shifts. So I would say, if you add all all of them, let me see. I would say about around 80. About 80, about yeah. 80 workers. Yes. And to your knowledge, were they all instructed exactly like you were? Yes. To falsify when they the were, document? Yeah, when they were preparing the ballots to be sent, the pack, ballot package. So the ballot package had a false date on it when it was sent out, deliberately. I mean, what basically is that date that you put on that ballot package, that will be entered to QEF as the ballot mailing date and that's that's what it is the and then the law requires doesn't it you correct me because you know it much better than i do that within 24 hours of your receiving the application you have to respond is that correct yeah per the state of michigan's official manual you are required to issue a ballot within 24 hours of applic you know the request the application request that's that's what i read in the Michigan officials manual, uh, the ch chapter six, that's what it is written. So I don't know when I was preparing the package, I even, when I was preparing the package uh, in, in the third week of September, I even saw applications from June, July, August. So- And what I, happened to the June, July and August applications? Were they dated differently? No, no, the application, you know, the, the, the citizens' applications. You know, the date citizens submitted that application, it was from June, July, August, but we were preparing the ballots in September after two, three months later. So during the period of time you were there doing it, 
which you estimated was about 10 days. Yes. Would from, you say that about 100,000 false documents were created? Yeah, from September 22nd till, I would say, till September 30th. Yeah, about 10 days. I mean, I was there till October 2nd. And you estimated, uh, when we went over this, about 10,000 a day. Yeah, any, anywhere between 10,000 to 15,000. Um, yeah, sometimes we, we will we will be able to complete, I even remember 14,000 packages. Sometimes it's 12,000. So you can just, to be on the safe side, you can say 10,000 per day. That's a good number. And just before we leave this, would your supervisor say this to all of you publicly? In other words, he would say, today, the date we're going to use is this date. whatever. Yes. Yeah. That's the announcement. In other words, you had the phony date of the day. Yeah, that's the announcement they will make. Yes. On the floor. Yes. Then on October, what well, then, then you were transferred and you went for training. Yeah. On September 30th from 9 to 11.30 a.m. Then also on October 1st, those were the two days I was sent for training at Wayne County Community College from 9 to 11.30 morning session. Then uh, afternoon, you will come back to the election headquarters. And what do, you, what, do you, what do you remember of your training? What were you told during the training? It was not good. It was, it was not, not good? No. Well, how wasn't it good? I mean, first of all, when, when I was at the Wayne County Community College from 9 to 1130, it's about, I would say, around 20 to 25 people. There were two groups. So I was with the second group. The first group training was from September 29, no, 28 and 29, first group. I am with the second group, September 30th and October 1st. About, I would say, around 20, 25 people in each group. But what I found out when I went there, I tried to log into one of the laptop. It was not working. Then I tried another one. It was not working. So, so we had problems with the laptops. I couldn't even log yep. into the system. So I was told by the instructor, just listen. You know, just listen. You don't need a laptop. Okay. So basically, we were just uh, some. Um, I would say at least uh, out of 20, 25. You have a tape recording of this, don't you, that you don't want to share because you don't want the person who said this hurt. Is that correct? No. So what I did was since I, I didn't have a laptop, I didn't have nothing in front of me. I asked the instructor, can I record your lecture? You know, because I have to be from October 5th, I have to be by myself. I have to work as a processor. So I want to learn something. So I asked the instructor, can I record your lecture? She said, sure, you can, you can record. So with her permission, I recorded the lecture. Um, so when we listened to it last night, did uh, the instructor from the city of Detroit tell you, it doesn't matter if the address is wrong or the birth date is missing or there are no names, you must try and find a birth date. And if the signatures look different, find something about them that's the same. No application should be rejected. Is that the sum and substance of what? That, that, was it a she or a he? That's a she. You, is that what the female told you? In, in nutshell, that's what basically, you know, 
you have to do everything to to make sure you know that water um you know at the end that water should get a ballot and vote so even so, if the so, address was wrong see sometimes the when the voters walk in um they just uh, give you the house number and the street name but you have different ways to you know you can search the water in different ways you can locate the water sometimes you are lucky you know you will be able to find everything for that water then you can process the ballot but not that that's not that won't be the case for everybody and suppose you can't find everything for that person what what do you do then the instructor sometimes tell you you should set aside that application and we will send that application back to the election headquarters let them take care of it and when you did that what happened to it i don't know what what happened after that i don't know it was it was sent and also i was sent i i was also instructed with regard to how to verify the signatures you have to do everything so that the signatures you know you have to match it well, during the time that you worked there, which should be about a month, yes. except for you, did you ever see any other application rejected as deficient? No. Didn't you see people that came up to you that you rejected that went to someone else and then they accepted that person? See, the location where I was working, uh, I remember a few times, I mean, I would say the first two weeks from October 5th, you know, the first week is October 5th. That's the first day the early voting started at satellite locations. Then second week, October 12th. Um, daily, I would say the first week we had like about eight, nine voters all day from nine till six. Um, then second week, maybe about 15, but uh, the third week and the last week of October, we had more. And I remember two or, two or three times. Um, yeah, I had to reject, uh, I think, at two or three occasions to reject the ballot. And they were so angry. And uh, they were so, you know, angry. And they will sometimes, you know, get uh, call you all kinds of name. Oh, you are saying I cannot vote? You don't count my ballot? And things like that. I will say, so I'm so sorry, you know, I, I cannot do, you know, I mean, then I will ask my supervisor what to do. And, and then supervisor will say, I, you know, just say, I don't know. Yeah. Then I, you know what, she, he will say, oh, I have other places I will go and vote. Okay, then he will just walk out. So I don't know what, whether he went to the near, near nearest one, other side, you can go to any location. There are 23 satellite locations. You can go, go to any of that satellite locations. Ms. Jacob? Yes. I don't want you to do this if you feel uncomfortable, but would you be comfortable taking your mask off so that people could hear you more clearly? Can, can you hear me now? Not can everyone hear it clearly? We can hear it. We can, we can hear you. Okay. okay. Now, the supervisor, the supervisor you originally had when you first were there, did you observe her coaching voters to vote for Biden and the Democrat ticket? Yes. And then as it got closer to the election, in fact, in the day or two before the election, were other others of the workers there 
helping people to vote for Biden and the Democratic ticket and even going into the little booth with them? Yeah, I remember on November 2nd, specifically, that's the last day of uh, absentee voter, yeah, November 2nd, 4 p.m., that's the deadline. So that day we had lots of people coming to the center. And I remember, uh, let me be honest with you, I, I don't, I don't remember that person's name, but he was working as a ballot runner and uh, he was going uh, to the po uh, the polling booth and uh, standing by the side of the water and helping them to complete the ballot, assisting the, the voter. I, I really, I was really concerned, but I didn't say anything. Um, I don't know my, whether my supervisor saw that. She was in the room. Uh, but he was doing that. Did you find that wrong, un un unacceptable? I knew it is wrong, but I didn't Pardon say me? I knew it is wrong, but I, you know, I'm just a processor there. It's up to the supervisor. You know, I didn't say anything. And then was there a day when three uh, people came in uh, wearing Black Lives Matter uh, T-shirts? I think it was on November 2nd, you said? Um, and they were going to the voting booth and helping people to vote? No, what they did was, um, I think it was earlier than that. I don't remember the exact date, but they, they were three of them. One was holding the flag and one was wearing, uh, I think all of them were wearing the, whatever, the, 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 the Black Lives Matter or something like that. And one of them, actually, he wanted to, drop his, uh, he, he, they were there to drop off their absentee ballot. So they, they walked into the room and they were dropping, one, one of them were dropping the ballot into the box. So the other one, one was cheering and the other one was taking picture and things like that. I knew it is also not right, but I cannot do anything. I just, I was just sitting at, on my desk and doing my processing job, that's all. Now, about 14 days before the election, your supervisor, who I think you told me her name is Carla, said that she had a meeting with her boss and that you should stop asking for driver's license or photo ID. Yeah, what she told me was uh, they are all registered voters. You don't need any photo ID or driver's license. They can just you know, come and vote. Let them let the people vote. Uh, so you know. So basically, uh, but as a processor, I was not comfortable doing that. So myself, I was. Um, when they come to my table, I I used to ask them at very low voice, "Can I see your uh, driver's license, please?" I used to get from all of them to make myself comfortable when I am issuing the ballot. But I was told not to. Uh, ask because they are all registered voters. You asked them for driver's licenses and photo ID? Yes, I did. And what happened? I mean, that way I can verify their signature, the signature on the driver's license uh, with a signature on the application and also the signature in the QVF. So I can verify all those three. And when they, are, when they return the ballot to me, I can see how they are signing on the absentee ballot envelope, the return envelope. So basically all four locations, you know, in the QVF file, 
on the driver's license and on the application and on the ballot return envelope. So yep. they are good. If, if all four of them are matched, I will receive that ballot into the QVF. I'll save it and I will place my initial on the ballot return envelope, ballot number, date, and again initial. So two initials I have to place on the ballot return envelope when I am receiving the ballot into the QVF. So I was doing that for each and every ballot that I issued. That's what is required by the Michigan official manual. Now your coworkers didn't do that and they asked you, didn't they? Why do you do it? And didn't you say for my peace of mind? Yeah, the driver's license, that, the point when they said you don't need driver's license, I said for my peace of mind, I'm going to ask, Anyway, I'm going to get the driver's license. And uh, sometimes you, you won't be even able to read the name on the application the way some people write. So I really want, to, for two reasons, to enter the voter's name correctly into the system and also to, to verify the signature. And also, of course, the photo ID. Did you also have to check signatures? Yes, yes, you do. That's the first thing you do before you even start processing the ballot. And weren't you, weren't you on several occasions, didn't you turn people down? Yeah. I was very angry at you, and then they went to one of your coworkers, and one, your coworkers accepted them? One time I remember one young gentleman, he signed totally different, and he said, Oh, that, then I showed him the his signature at QVA file. I turned my laptop and showed to him, see how, how is your um, signature in the file? And he said, oh, that's, that's, that's not, I don't sign like that. That's what, that was from 10 years ago. I don't sign anymore. I don't sign like that anymore. And I said, sorry, I cannot do anything. You know, I, I um, but I think at that point, um, I think he walked out. Even though the supervisor, she was there, uh, I don't think she supervisor did anything. I think she, the gentleman walked out. Did there come a time toward the end of that period when a fairly large number of people came to vote in person, but they were people who had requested absentee ballots? Yes. And uh, how, how were you supposed to deal with it? And then how were you told to deal with it? What I do is when, when the voter walk into the, the room, the, the, front, the person at the front desk, they will bring the um, driver's license. That is, that is the first two weeks of October. Uh, they will bring the application. And the first thing I will do is I will enter the voter and they will do a voter search. Then, then the system will tell you whether the city already mailed the absentee ballot to them or not. Whether, is, whether there is an active ballot in the QEF system for that voter. So when you do that, you, lots of that time, uh, you will see uh, a ballot has been already sent to that voter. But when they come to you, they, they said, I never requested a ballot. I never received any ballot. I never requested for a ballot. Can I vote now? I'm here, I want to vote now, I said. Of course, I mean, I can spoil the ballot. Um, then you can, I can 
uh, issue another ballot and you can vote. So I have done that many times, um, but for the, um, that was, I was instructed to do like that. But, oh, by, but. Let's go there. Let's make some plans. Let's search and imagine that perfect getaway somewhere, anywhere. Because when the time is right, when the heart says go, we'll be ready. Let's go there. For the Michigan officials manual, you are required to get a affidavit from that person, and, you know, stating that, you know, um, I couldn't find my ballot or um, I didn't receive the ballot or whatever, I don't know. But, but an affidavit need to be submitted. But we were just asking them to fill a form. That's what we were doing. But they didn't have to bring the, that ballot back to you. The first ballot that was already mailed to them, they didn't have to bring it back. I remember during that one month period, maybe I got like some of them voluntarily bring. I got maybe around five or 10 of them total. That's all. But you are not required to bring it back. Just fill out a form that you will get another ballot. You complete the ballot in person and you're done. Then I will receive that ballot into the system. So now the other people that worked in your in your center, did they require the original ballot or an affidavit before they issued a new ballot? No, none okay. of, none of us were trained to do that. None. none of them did that. No. And that's what the law requires, correct? For the Michigan's official manual, yes. If you lo lost your ballot or you you have a damaged ballot, yeah, you and, and that and that's so somebody doesn't vote twice, right? Yeah, I don't know what happened with the first ballot. I don't know. Well, that's the whole point, right? Yes. And about 32,500 32, of those ballots, you estimate, were issued without spoiling the original ballot? Uh, I mean... During the period of time you were there. I mean, you know, if you audit the file with the City of Detroit Election Department from the QVF, you can find out how many ballots were um, spoiled, how many ballots were rejected, how many ballots were deleted. All those things you can uh, find from the, so the exact number, I, I, mean, I mean, it's about right. I mean, I can speak to my center where I worked, um, the Common Year Recreation Center location i i would say how many ballots i spoiled the first two weeks there were lots of you know um third week of october i would say around um i would say around 100 ballots maybe i spoiled I can I I may be wrong, but I don't know exact number. But you think it's I, I can go back to my. Sorry, Jesse. Do you think it's a hundred or thirty-two thousand? I mean, for the end, there are twenty-three satellite sites. Okay, some satellite sites are um, more people. You know, depending on the area. So yeah, you can say around thirty thousand, about twenty-five thousand to thirty thousand, maybe. And in any event, those would be. It Please, you're out of order, members. You're out of order. Representative Legrand, you're out of order. Let them continue. Representatives, you're out of order. 
please continue. And those and would be whatever they are. Those continue. would be totally illegal ballots, correct? I mean, the, I don't know what happened to the first ballot that was mailed to the citizens. I don't know. Uh, that was not returned, but we were issuing a second ballot and they were voting in person at these locations. I really don't know what happened, uh, whether they shredded those ballots or they trashed it, I don't know. Uh, but it was not returned to the return to the center or to the to the satellite sites. November 4, 2020, which is after the election, you were assigned now to the TC, TCF center. Is that correct? Yes, I am. And you arrived there at 8.30 in the morning. Yes. And what were, what, what were your duties there? When I got there um, at, the, at the front door, actually it was on the ground level of Kobo TCF center. Um, I think that's where the auto show usually takes place, the big, big one, about 1,000 by 1,000 square feet maybe, big one, yeah. So it was packed. Uh, so when I went to the front desk, I talked to the, the person at the front desk. I showed her the, my badge. I had a badge from the election department. I talked to her and told her I, I was asked to come and report here 8.30 by uh, my supervisor. And uh, uh, then she said, okay, wait, let me go and get, get the supervisor on this floor. And she went and came back with that supervisor. I forgot that supervisor's name. So she, and he asked me, uh, what, what were you doing at the election department? Then I said, I was a processor. And she said, oh, we need you, come follow me. Then he took me to the podium, the middle of the Kobo DCF center podium. And he gave me, a, he gave me the laptop. And, when, and also, you know, just, Gave me some. Uh, okay, then he, I was waiting there. With I logged into the to the laptop, and um, at that point um, I noticed um, Mr. Chris Thomas, Miss um, uh, Pierce. Those those were from the state of Michigan. They were sitting on the other side of the table, and the one side of the table all the city election officials sitting. So I was sitting with them on that side. And uh, my supervisor from the city side was uh, Miss Aldridge. I think her first name was Carol, I believe. Carol Aldridge. She was my supervisor, so she said, because she, she knew me before. She knew me before, and she said, oh, Jesse, I need you. She, so she brought this. Um... So did, did she tell you just about immediately not to invalidate any ballots and not to look for deficiencies? She she gave me a pack of I would say about ten to fifteen ballots. Those were all open ballots. All were opened. Um, she brought to me and she said, "Jesse, enter enter date number second and receive this ballot into QBF." It uh, you know th this is uh, and also some of the ballots the envelope has sticky note. Cannot find in the poll book. Cannot find in the poll book. Some of them had it. Uh, so. So I took the first ballot and started, op you know, opened up the QBF file, and I noticed that ballot was not received. The processor, whoever, whoever 
issued that ballot in person or maybe that ballot was or mailed it came in postal mail or it was picked up from the drop-off box i don't know there no no postage stamp or nothing on those envelopes so i don't know the, the way in I'm, I'm, whether it was in person postal mail or or by, or from the drop-off box pick up from the drop-off box so those ballots some of them didn't have the county board on the address label no counting counting board printed some of the envelope didn't have a ballot number printed on the address label so but the the thing really concerned me when i saw those ballots all of them were open some some of them were upside down what does that mean that they were all open what's are, the significance of that you are not supposed to open you have to receive the ballot into the system first you cannot open the ballot it should be what do you have to do first before you open the ballot so when you receive the ballot the first thing you should do is first you have to search the order you, you enter the last name space first name of the voter at qv qv scan and then you will locate that voter then you will get the absentee voter details you will match the signature, the signature on the absentee ballot return envelope with the, the signature in the file, to qualified water file. Once it is verified, then you, will, you have to receive it. You have to receive that into the system. Once you receive it, then you have to place your initials, ballot number, Actually, you have to place twice your initials on the ballot return envelope. One for the date you received, one for the the ballot number. So that's the that's that's required. You are required to do that as a processor. Was that being done? No. Was that being done by anyone else uh, that you could see in that entire facility? No. Actually, I was. Were you told, the only one doing it? No, no, no. When I was. Uh, trying to do that you know the, the required pro set of, you know step by step process uh, i was i was told by um, my supervisor miss aldrich no no don't look for anything don't do not check anything just enter the date november 2nd keep going we have lots of ballots we have to finish this i need you to do as fast as you can just enter november 2nd keep going then I did one or two of them like that, but this is a really, um, really, really, I felt so bad because once you modify the QVF file, you can see the username who modified that file the last day that that data was modified. So if you click, you will see who modified. So when I clicked that, it was my username and the date. It, it will show. So basically, even though the date was, the received date was ended as November 2nd, when you click the QBR file, you will see username, my username, and the date I ended is November 4th. That's not right. I'm sorry, Jesse, I didn't, I didn't get, quite get that. What, what did you say? See, when, when you, okay, I, I for, I mean, I did, just like my supervisor told me, this is at the TCF center. At the at the, at the satellite sites, 
my my supervisor there never instructed me anything like that we were receiving the minute i get the ballot we were receiving the ballot into the system same date and everything was doing according to the to the manual at the satellite center where i was working this is i'm just i just want to specify this one i was asked to do at the tcf center at the podium where the where all these ballots were coming from i didn't even know where all these ballots were coming it was keep coming then when i asked my, the 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 person who was sitting next to me she was doing the same thing she kind of told me oh jesse we were doing this since 9 pm yesterday as 9 november 3 we didn't even go home we were doing we really need your help you know to complete this to finish so basically what they were doing is entering all these ballots into the qbf so they can count those ballots that's what i thought but they were not following the procedure given you are receiving the ballot and also backdating why you are doing that on november 4th it should have been done the deadline was november 3rd 9 pm that's the deadline for you to receive the ballot absentee ballot into the system so matter of fact on november 3rd i had to stay till 8:30 even though the polls were closed at 8 pm i had to wait till 8:30 to complete receiving all the ballots that received in, into the satellite sites so all the all the processes they are required to do that 9 pm november 3rd that, that, i mean at 8 pm is the the poll closing time and you will get one grace one hour grace period so 9 pm it should be completed for that we were asked to collect uh, absentee ballots from the drop off box every hour every hour we were doing it and we were receiving the ballot to the qvf on november 3rd every hour so every how hour, every, every hour you were doing what receiving the ballot we will go to the drop off box in front of the satellite location and we will collect the drop off i mean absentee ballots we'll bring it to the table and if we, whatever you are doing you will set aside the all the work that you are doing you will make sure the ballot is, because per the michigan's election michigan official manual this is written immediate recording of the ballot is required into the qef immediate recording once you receive the ballot immediate recording is required not after 3 days or after 2 days no uh your supervisor carried carol alter we, we were doing that we were doing that in our satellite sites per the michigan's uh what is written in the manual was anybody else doing what you were doing oh, my center there was another processor my supervisor all three of us we were doing that your supervisor ordered you though not to invalidate any ballots not to look for deficiencies not to check signatures and then when you did it she got angry at you didn't she that's the one at tcf center miss aldridge miss aldridge yes miss aldridge i'm talking yes 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 oh she was so angry and you know what she did it was around 11 o'clock she said mistake you can take your lunch break i said i just had my snack i you know it's only 11 o'clock she said no take take lunch break i said what 30 minutes no 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 you can take two hour lunch break just take two hour lunch break 
then I said, okay, I will leave my bag and my jacket and everything here. She said, no, 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 take everything. And you can go upstairs. And she showed me where is the escalator. Go to the up, go to upstairs, that's where the lunch room is. So I had to go. I left my laptop on the table there. I went there upstairs and there were lots of people and I was, because of the COVID, I didn't eat anything. I just, um, actually there was, there were free lunch for everybody. So I just ate applesauce. That's how, then I came down and I came down. Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, before we get there, why don't, why don't you tell us what that dispute was about? You put a sticky on the ballot saying that it was an invalid ballot yes. because it was issued after the deadline. Yes. And she wanted you to backdate it, correctly? Correct? Yeah, let me explain. What happened was while I was, when I was told to end on November 2nd as, as the receipt date, I noticed one of the ballots, the date was November 3rd, absentee ballot. The deadline for absentee ballot issuance is November 2nd, 4 p.m. So it was issued on November 3rd, election day. It was received, issued, received everything on November 3rd. Then I checked whether whether that voter is a new, new registered, you know, newly registered. No, he, he was not registered on November 3rd. He was registered in, um, some sometime in 2010, 10 years ago. So you are not supposed to issue absentee ballot on election day to already registered voters. So I, I told, then I right away, I, I talked to Mr. Daniel Baxter. He was standing next to me. I, I told, I put a note. Please tell us who Mr. Baxter, so Mr. Baxter was right nearby. Yes. And you gave the ballot to him? With, the, with that sticky note. And is his name Daniel Baxter? Yeah, Mr. Daniel. And what's his role? What's his title? I know he, um, I, I don't know whether he is the director. I know he's uh, he was in charge of uh, the, the the operation on that floor, one one of the senior most. He, uh, well, okay, we'll we'll find out what his role was. And what about uh, was wasn't his boss there too? A gentleman named Chris Thomas. Yes, yes. So when I when I gave that ballot, what, what did they conclude about this invalid ballot? So with a sticky note, because with all this noise and everything in the in the TCF center and with the mask, you know, when you talk, they won't be able to hear. So I always used to write down the sticky note so that they know exactly what I am trying to convey to them. So I wrote invalid so-and-so reason. It was issued on November 3rd, absentee ballot after the deadline. So I showed to um, Mr. Baxter and he, he took that to, I mean, Chris, Mr. Chris Thomas was standing nearby. So he showed that to to Mr. Thomas with a sticky note. And uh, after Mr. Thomas read that um, note, he said, yeah, he, she's right. But why should we punish voters for processors' mistake? Okay, that's what he said. Why should we punish voters for processors' mistake? But was he in charge of the effort for Detroit? Was he the person in charge? That's what I found Mr. out. Mr. Thomas? Yeah, that's what I found out later. I knew. I yes. And then, what maybe 
we can summarize some of the yes then after that when i um when after he after that statement from mr chris thomas mr chris thomas um you know he gave that ballot back to mr daniel baxter and and i i again told daniel baxter i'm sorry i cannot i cannot um receive this ballot it's just, this is invalid then um, is your call i told mr daniel baxter so she took, he took that ballot from me and uh, dropped that ballot there was a box under uh, next to the next to mr christama's table underneath the table he just dropped that ballot into that box i don't know what happened after that well let me see if i can shorten it just a little after after a short time you were told to go to lunch for 2 hours right yes and you went to lunch for an hour and a half yeah, about two, and you yeah. came back. Yes. And another gentleman named George Azuz gave you some ballots to work on. Yes. And um, and Carol Aldridge saw you there. Yeah. And she came down from the podium. Yeah. And what did she tell you? So when I came back from lunch, my my seat was gone. There was a box on top of the laptop. My laptop was on the table. So so basically nobody was even. Miss Aldridge was, you know, she was totally ignoring me. You know, she didn't want me to be there at the podium anymore. So I was on the floor level. Um, I, I found a table and a chair. I sat there. So when I was sitting there, I saw Mr. George Azuz. I think he is later I found out he's the director of the elections, uh, the election headquarters. So. But I have seen him when I was working at the election headquarters. So I recognized him. And I, I, I said, um, I didn't know his name at that point. But I said, I'm here. I, I can help. You know, I, I, can, I, can I have a laptop? And I can start validating these ballots. So he, right away, he went to the podium and brought the laptop to me. and. I, I, I log, logged into the laptop and he also gave me like a you know, bunch of about 10, 15 ballots, same thing that, that I was doing in the morning. But he didn't know what, what happened, what was going on in the morning. He didn't know. So he basically was giving an assignment. He was telling me to do it. So when I started doing it, again, same thing, and November 2nd, end of November 2nd. So Ms. Aldridge, saw that from the podium that I'm at the floor level. And also she saw I have the ballots. He, she came down from the, uh, the podium. She said, she said, do not, I was, I was checking the, the signature and you know, just the whatever process you are required to do. She said, do not check that signature, keep going. I told you in the morning, November 2nd, keep going. And she said, do not write anything. Do not write post-it. I do not want you to write anything. At that point, I saw Chris Thomas standing nearby on the floor level. I, I showed that ballot in the QVF. And after I searched the voter, I showed the signature on the, on the QVF file and also the signature on the envelope. Totally different. Totally different. Sig I, the signatures were totally different? Yes. Who who did you show that to? To Mr. Chris Thomas. And, he and what did he say? He said, "Oh, that's okay. Let it go. Just let it go. That's fine. Okay, let it go." 
And he was the boss, right? Yes. Yes. So, but at that point, I couldn't do anything or anything, you know, because when I am entering the ballot, they are telling me to enter November 2nd on November, the date to be received November 2nd on November 4th, which date I will initial on the ballot. November 4th or November 2nd, I couldn't do it. So, so how would you describe how they treated you and how you reacted to it? Oh, how, you know, it is, they treated me like a criminal, in, in the, you know, humiliated me, harassed me, so intimidating. I mean, I just, I, I couldn't, it was so bad. You know, I mean, I, I, I was, I, I, I really want to serve the city of Detroit very truthfully and sincerely. That's what I was doing all these 34 years. I've been working with the city. I am, I mean, I, my whole family, you know, we are proud that we are, you know, we are working, me and my husband both are working for the city of Detroit. I never expected this kind of treatment. It was really, really bad. Um, so then at that moment, then George also told me, Come up here. With, take all your stuff from there. Come up here to the podium. And then I went back to the podium. Then I, he, she told me he, he gave me another chair to sit there. Then, then I saw the state representative, Miss, Miss P. Pierce, Carol Pierce. She was sitting there, and I went to her and and I asked her for more ballots to validate. And she was also very rude. She said. I don't need you here, you know? I don't need any of your help, get out of here. And then I asked her, may I know your name? You know what she did? She took her badge and threw at me. She threw the badge at me. Were you, uh, your whole experience there, were you shocked at the level of crookedness that was going on and dishonesty? I, I couldn't believe it, I couldn't believe it. Did it happen every day? I mean, I only, okay, then November 4th at TCF Center, around 5.30, I decided to stay. They didn't give me any work. I even asked Daniel Baxter, can I do something else? I can help with the counting board table, anything you want me to do. I, I, I came here to work till 5.30, and nobody was giving me anything. I just sat there, and um, 5.30, uh, around 5.30, Mr. George Azuz came to me and said, uh, I'm so sorry, uh, you know, Jesse, you didn't do anything wrong. I apologize. I apologize. I'm so sorry. That's what he told me. And he asked me what a, my business card. I had my business card with me. I gave him my business card and, and I decided to go home around 5.30. But he was nice to me, George Azuz. But Just, it, it, uh, I can never forget what I went through. It is there are, and also I was really concerned if if the, if these barracks were problematic, why why they were bringing that to the podium? It should have been kept at the counting board table, and it should have been resolved. Whatever the issue with those ballots, it should have been resolved at the respective counting boards. It should not have been even 
brought to the, the podium in the first place. So I, I don't know. I really don't know. And also after they fixed that ballot, who was taking ballot to where? I didn't know. So everything what was going on at the podium was not right. Jesse? Yes. The podium is where they bring the ballots that have big problems, right? Special problems. Yeah, it, some of them didn't have the counting board, so they and could not locate that ballot. That ballot belonged to which counting board? Some of the ballot didn't have the ballot number. So these were, these were ballots with extra special problems. And you were there a day and a half. And how many, how many ballots were examined while you were there? I was, and there was no inspection by a Republican inspector. Can you estimate that for me? I think in the past you told me twenty-five thousand. Actually, I worked on at the Cobo TCF Center uh, on November fourth from eight thirty to five thirty. Correct. And then when I asked George Azus, I told George Azus. Actually, I was told to continue to work for the election department till uh, November 20th. Um, so I asked um, George Azus, where do you want me to come tomorrow? And he said, oh, we are all done here. Um, you can go back to the election headquarters. So I went back to election headquarters on November 5th. So basically, I only they allow me to be there only on one day, not even one day, maybe for two hours. But I was there till 5:30. But I went. I had to go through this so inhumane. I mean, is there anything else you'd like to say, Jesse, about your experience? I just want to be so thankful. I've been in this country for 35 years. I'm so thankful for this country, for all the opportunities. And I'm, I am who I am because of this nation. And, uh, and also, uh, I was, uh, I'm a devoted Catholic, and uh, I was able to go to church and pray and rosary and everything. I really love this country and I really want to do, I, I hope um, this will help this nation. That's the only reason I'm here. Um, and also my three children. Thank you, Jesus, for all the blessings and graces that you are showering upon us and all, on all this nation. I have nothing else to say. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jesse. Would you say, Jesse, that that was an experience that you never expected to have that much crookedness and dishonesty at the Detroit Center for Counting Votes? I, Were you shocked at the level of dishonesty and crookedness there? Yes. I mean, the whole center was so kind of noisy. That's my city. Okay. And representative. True. Representative. Representative, I, I, I'm not. Oh, I love my city, Detroit. I've, I've been in the city for 34 years. I've been serving the citizens of Detroit. So I'm so happy. They are all nice people. I'm not saying 
really, they don't deserve this. They are nice people. My supervisor at the engineering department, I've been, I've been with the city for 34 years from 2007 through 2010. I was the city engineer appointed by Comey Kilpatrick. And now I am the head engineer. I'm working with my supervisor He's, and my director. They are all very nice people. They are, I'm, I, don't, please don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about this. My experience when I worked in the, at the elections, first time in my life, for two months, about two months, what I experienced. But as, a, as an employee of the city of Detroit, oh, I'm so grateful to them. I'm so thankful to each and every of my coworkers. They are all very nice. So please don't misunderstand me, Miss. Uh, Ma'am, please direct your question Johnson, to the chair. Miss Johnson, please don't take it. Yeah. So I, I will. Um, if we, it's all right, we'll start here now. And and Mr. Mayor, I do want to remind you. I mean, we're we're not going to go till one or two a.m. So <laughs> I understand that you know this is somebody. Uh, I mean, obviously you're very brave to come forward with your story. I can tell um, you care a lot about your job, your work. Um, and I appreciate you sharing it here today because I know it's been difficult for you. Yes, it is. Um, with that, I'm going to open it up to questions. We'll we'll do one question per member who wants it. Uh, then, when you're done, uh, we'll move on. And and Mr. Mayor, uh, with the next witnesses, we're going to have to move along faster, sure, sir. Sure, we will. All right. Uh, with that, I'll move on to uh, Representative Lafave. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for coming and testifying today. And I'm very glad that you've decided to, to be a part of our country. Welcome. Thank you. I have one question as per the rule. Um, and it, it might sound like a series. If anything that I say is wrong, please correct me, okay? Sure. You were told to enter the ballots at the TCF hall as received on 11-2. Yes. And that was not the date. You also were told by Mr. Chris Thomas, why should we punish voters for processors' mistakes? And Chris Thomas identified a ballot that you showed him within a signature that did not match the qualified voter file. Yes. And directed Chris Thomas said, let it go. That's fine. That's right. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Representative Legrand. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And um, ma'am, thank you for being here today. Um, I, I'm i going to refer back to my notes here. And this is about, I don't know, maybe around 630 we got to this. Um, you said that about and I'm just I'm reading from my notes here. So if I get this wrong again, feel free to correct me. But um, if, if I understand your testimony, you're saying that about 14 days before the election, your supervisor, Carla, told you that people could vote without ID. Um, and you said that for your peace of mind, you insisted that people provide ID. Are you aware that people in Michigan can vote without identification? In fact, I've always voted that way. Oh, 
you're, you're not aware of them? Members of the audience, please, let's be respectful. Thank you. Are you aware of that, ma'am? See, zero to 14 days, zero to 14 days, that is the restricted registration time. You have to have the ID and also the proof of residency. And if you don't have the driver's license, you have to submit an affidavit and also you have to have a passport or something, photo ID. That's my, that's my understanding. Okay, you're, you're confused. Thank you. Representative. Steve Johnson. Thank you, Mr. Chair. When you were processing these ballots, at any point in time, were there ever any poll watchers, poll challengers, and if so, were they from both parties or just one party? Just from the Democratic Party. Actually, one day I happened to talk to one of the one of the persons. She came from DC, um, Democratic Party. I I don't remember seeing anybody from the other party. Representative C.A. Johnson. Representative C.A. Johnson, why don't you go ahead? Thank you, Mr. Chair. Okay. Good evening. Good evening, Ms. Johnson. You your name is Jesse Jacob. Je Jesse Jacobs. Is that your birth name? Okay. My first name is Jesse. When I was married, my husband's last name is Jacob. When I got married in 1983, 37 years ago, I had my maiden name. That's my dad's house name. It's a long name. Can you spell it, please? K I K like kite I Z H A K E K A R A. Representative, uh, what is your question, please? I'm asking the question. Well, please ask. She gave a lot of information. I, I just want to know who and, she is. Uh, representative, please. It's it's reasonable to ask the name of the person. Yeah. I'm with you there. But now that you know it, what's your first? What was your first name? What? Jesse. Jesse. J-E-S-S-Y, not E. J-E-S-S-Y. Y. Thank you very much. Okay, now please move on to your question, Representative. That's it. You asked okay. that one. Thank you. Uh, Representative. In my middle name is Sunny. My middle name is Sunny. S-U-N-N-Y. And I, I think it's important, Representative uh, C.A. Johnson. I mean, if that was, you know, I mean, we're not here to intimidate people. I mean, that's, these that's are okay. That's okay. Okay. I mean, we want to hear what happened. Um, so, Representative Camilleri, uh, please proceed with your question. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, Mr. Giuliani, you, before you I'm began. Gavel this. The question is for the witness. I, as I told you at the end, you're willing, you're able to ask a question to Mr. Giuliani. We have two, three people actually before our panel today. Representative each of them is before uh, our panel. And I, I know that you gave your power away to Mr. Giuliani to ask questions during this part of the testimony. That's fine. But it is now my right as a representative to ask a question of the people before our committee. This is not forced. This is not out of order. This is not forced. This is a committee of 
of the state legislature. I should have a right to ask a question of who is before us. I will allow you to ask a question at the end of Mr. Giuliani, as I stated at the beginning. If you have a question for the witness, uh, Ms. Ms. Jacob, please ask it. If you don't, then I'm going to move on. Uh, Ms. Jacobs, I know that you've given testimony previously. We, we've heard your story in the media. I know that you gave testimony yesterday as well. Um, Judge Kenny in Wayne County Circuit Court. May I ask? He has his testimony yesterday. I, I apologize. Okay. I apologize. Yeah, uh, Representative, I apologize. please I tell us your That's question. Very misleading. Um, uh, you've asked a lot of misleading questions yourself, Mr. Representative Camilleri, please. What is your question? My question, Ms. Jacobs, is uh, Judge Kenny has ruled that your testimony in court is incorrect and not credible. So why should we believe anything that you said here today? I, I, I'm not aware of any such ruling. She's never been a witness in court. It would have been impossible for a judge. To Your rule. affidavit was ruled. May I? May I please finish? Incorrect and not. Credible. May I have the courtesy of uh, finishing? No. What, what, what? She has never been a witness in court, so no judge could ever have assessed her credibility. Uh, what is your question, Mr. Camilleri? Why are we listening to your story here today if it has already been ruled incorrect and not credible by a judge in court? It has not been ruled. Objection. It has. Well, okay. This is not a courtroom. This is, this is a uh, committee. Why do you keep objecting to what I'm saying? Representative, here? Um, is there an answer to that? Uh, okay, you can go and ask the judge who denied that. Okay, I don't know anything about it. Okay, thank you. Um, we're going to move on. Vice Chair Riley with a question. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, yeah, my question. I noticed you said you looked at some of the signatures. Well, like what percentage of the signatures would you say did not match or did not? No, when I see when I was at the satellite sites working as a processor, I always made sure the signatures matched. This was a TCF center on November fourth. And yeah, and did you, at that point, did you look at any of the signatures? Yes. And, and I showed that to Mr. Chris Thomas, and he said, let it go. It was totally different. Let it go. And after that, I was kicked out. I told, oh, okay. I was told not to validate any more ballots. So just one chance. Okay. For that, that day, yes. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, with that, uh, there are no more questions for you, Ms. Uh, Jacob. Thank you for your testimony today. You're, you're very brave coming here, and um, thank you. Thank you so much. This I just I am so thankful to this honorable body for having me and for listening to me. Thank you so much. Uh, I understand we have next uh, is it um, Melissa Carbone? Carone. Carone. All right. Uh, please come up when you're ready, and if possible, uh, if we can limit this to 10 minutes, um, I'd appreciate that. We. You know, Mr. Giuliani, you uh, you indicated that the first person was somebody who hadn't testified before, didn't testify yesterday. Longer than I expected. Sure. And so we I gave felt her uncomfortable some... interrupting her. No, I understand. And I think she had a very valuable story to tell. And she was very brave coming here, obviously at great risk. And, you know, uh, we understand that. But from, from here on, if we can condense these testimonies, uh, if we can allow uh, more questions to come from the members. Uh, we'd appreciate that, sir. Uh, so with that, uh, please, um, Melissa, we'd like to hear your story. And please, when you're ready, proceed. Melissa, why don't you tell us your name and, and uh, tell us as short and as briefly as you can what, what happened sure. when you were working for Dominion. Sure. My name is Melissa Carone. Um, I was contracted to work um, for Dominion Voting Systems. 
I was, uh, I'm a freelance IT worker. Uh, I was contracted to work for Dominion to assist with IT during the election. I started work at 6 a.m. on November 3rd at the TCF Center. I got off work at 5 a.m. November 4th, went home, went to bed, returned to work at 10 a.m. November 4th, stayed until approximately 2 p.m. November 4th. Um, when I got off, I had a doctor's appointment. I was supposed to come back to work. My one of the Dominion employees, uh, he's in my affidavit, his name is Samuel, texted me and said, we're almost done counting ballots. We don't need you to come back. It was getting a little rowdy when I left. I really didn't want to come back anyways. Um, uh, so that is why that I, I was contracted to work uh, for Dominion uh, assisting with IT. And when you were working there, what uh, what did you observe? Uh, I observed um, numerous employees, um, city workers, um, running batches of ballots through the tabulators countless times without discarding them first. The tabulating machines would jam two to three times an hour. When they would jam, the correct process would be to pull out the problem ballot that jammed, say the problem ballot was number 24 out of 50. We would, I, would, I wasn't allowed to touch any hardware at all. I would assist them, tell them to pull out this ballot, um, put the problem ballot on top. In Michigan, our ballots, um, from the tabulators don't just drop into ballot steel ballot boxes. Um, they are now, as they got tabulated, they are now on top of the tabulating machine. Okay. So instead of them taking these, so say, let's keep it number 25 is the problem ballot. It got jammed. So the computer would throw an error. It would say ballot number 25. Uh, there, there's an error. I would say pull out ballot number 25, slowly pull it out, put it on top, take the um, the ballots that had already been tabulated, which are on top of the tabulating machine now, put them all back in a stack, discard the entire batch, and rescan it. Instead of discarding, they were just rescanning, 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 counting ballots nine to 10 times, counting votes nine to 10 times. So they were counting the same ballot, the same vote, nine or 10 times. Yes, sir. They were counting them nine. How, or 10 how many times. times did you observe that? Um, these machines would jam two to three times an hour. Each machine, uh, there were approximately 22 to 24 tabulating machines in the TCF center. Um, I, I, I observed it thousands, thousands, thousands of times. Thousands of times? Thousands and of how, times. how many machines? Were there 20 machines approximately? Approximately between 20, 20, 22 to 24. Machines. And did, were there any uh, Republicans who were observing or just Democrats? I saw very few Republicans, um, about three. 
Totally. How about those 20 machines? Did you see any of them observing those 20 machines where the ballot was being put in 10 uh, or 20 times? Big question. I got a couple, I got some of them questioning me. Um, I, my manager had came up to, I had called my manager over to a specific uh, tabulating machine. I showed him a number on it, which was close to 500. It should never go over 50. Batches come in, ballots come in batches of 50. I said, we have a severe problem here. Nick, autonomous, which is a part owner of Dominion. And um, he said, Melissa, I don't want to hear that we have a problem. He said, we are here to assist with IT. We are not here to run their election. That is exactly what he said to me. Um, at that point, I was just really frustrated and upset. I, I could tell what was going on. I, I knew what was going on at that point. What was going on? Um, he was in on it. He was in on it. They were all in on it. In on what? They were cheating. It, it, it was very, very apparent. It was apparent. He knew it was apparent that he was in on it. And when he caught on to me being in, knowing me, knowing that he was in on it, he just wanted nothing to do with me. Now, oh, there's a come a time when two vans pulled up yes. in the back yes, sir. late at night. Yes. Tell us about that. Approximately four o'clock, um, the garage door of the TCF center opened. Uh, the counting room in the TCF center is in the basement. So when the garage door opened, a van pulled up, um, one on day shift, one on night shift. They were supposed to be for food because they were short on food for the workers. That's what they said over the microphone. That's what Daniel Baxter said. Um, they ha he said they had food for one third of the workers. Um, and that they would provide food and, and it would be there shortly. Well, um, food never came out of these vans. Yes, what's your point of order, Representative? We have these people coming in here testifying, making claims. They should be under, uh, they should, they should, we should have them under, what is that? Oh, representative, we don't under do oath. that. Here. Representative, uh, we're not going to do that. Oath. You're out of order. You're out of order, representative. We're not. We Mr. don't Chairman, do that here in Michigan. Chairman, We've never done that. I wrote an affidavit. Mr. Chairman, she, move has, on. she has an affidavit. Biden never has done. She has an affidavit under oath. Representative, please continue. And uh, if, if we could have fewer uh, back and forth and Maybe you can tell your story. Um, no, I'm talking with Mr. Giuliani. I just, we really want to get through this. And uh, this is sort of a format that is a little unusual to our committee. Um, so if it's possible to tell a little more of your story, and, and I understand you're trying to speed it up, but we want to make sure we get through everything today, Mr. Giuliani. And reach, and reach them for your affidavit. That's your affidavit. Sure. Under uh, so I have 19 things in my affidavit. Uh, I was at the TCF Center for 27 hours. I'm a mother. I have two children and I have two degrees. I'm very, um, I, I would never, I don't know any woman in the world that would write a an affidavit under oath just to write it, <laughs> you know, you can go to prison for this. So anyways, um, I want to make this very clear. Um, my, I was initially supposed to um, work at the uh, Detroit Department of Elections building. 
Um, that was an order by my manager, Nick Economogonis, um, part owner of Dominion. I have it all in emails. What was going, I was trained on the adjudication and tabulation process. So in the email, it says you are to park in a parking lot and get shuttled over to this. Um, they called it the, they referred to it as the Chicago warehouse. Um, I know for a fact there was illegal activity going on there. People have pictures of people carrying ballots out of that place. Um, there is pictures of vans full of ballots coming out of that place. Um, if it wasn't for my mother, I would have went there. My mom told me, no, 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 no way. You know, um, this sounds really, really weird. And I have two young children, as I stated, that I needed access to my vehicle in case something happened. Um, I ended up telling them that and they said, okay, we'll put you at the TCF center. Well, um, Samuel, there was five employees, three permanent employees of Dominion, two contract employees, me, a contract employee, and there was a 90 year old man, last name Smiley. I have his, all of his paperwork. I have all their um, names, last names. Four employees that were um, scheduled to work in the city of Detroit um, that were not at the TCF center were all at this Chicago warehouse, which was the election, the, the city department, election department building. Anyways, so I also witnessed um, um, there was a point in the night where um, Dan, or, um, uh, I'm sorry, Samuel uh, and Nick said that there was a big data loss. Um, they started freaking out, stepped off the stage, got on their phones. Um, I asked them what was going on. 